Hi, it's Damo here. This episode contains discussions around borderline personality disorder, self-harm and suicide, so do go carefully. Hello and welcome to episode 69 of I'm Fine, a chat between myself, Damo and Mark. Morning, Mark. Morning, Damien. A man who will happily lower the bar, literally and metaphorically, to coach my success. That's what you did to me this week. Did I? You literally lowered the bar. Okay. <laughs> and metaphorically lowered the bar. All right, got you. I'll yeah. come to that in a sec. Yeah. So chat around the subjects of health, wealth, well-being, fitness, culture and society. We're all work in progress and this podcast is no exception. In short, it's a poke at our perfectly imperfect lives. And if we can make just one person feel like they're not alone in all this madness, then our work here is done. Make sure you subscribe to us in your podcast app and follow us on the socials by searching for I'm Finecast. And please do drop us an email at imfinecast at gmail.com. No, I thought it was a great message this week because we did those, the 12s and 10s. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I couldn't do the 12 and 10s. You let you said, well, let's now do 10s and 8. And I was like, whoa, 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 hold on yeah. a minute. Yeah. And you're like, no, I'm, I'm just coaching success. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I feel a little slightly better about that. <laughs> but you took it as patronizing. He's he's lowered the yeah. number because I'm not capable. Yeah. And for someone who, me, for someone who lowers the bar every day of my life, yeah. it should have made absolute sense. Sure. And then you explained yourself and I went, oh yeah, that's good. Actually, Mark, yeah. just, just to explain. You're going to make me feel a million bucks when I leave here. <laughs> <laughs> just to explain so everyone knows, this is um, an exercise that I've started doing more, which is, it goes against what quite often PTs would do. So we do 10 reps of an exercise, yeah. have a very short break and then do 12. Yeah. And it goes against, well, it doesn't go against, it's just slightly different to what we'd normally do. Yeah. So and the thinking behind it is that you can get to what we call overload, so putting your muscles under strain. But it also, psychologically, people have gone to me, I've just done 10 and I've struggled, now you yeah, want me to do 12. Yeah. And it's that bit about mm. digging deeper, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's psychologically, it's, yeah, it, you have to go, shit. It does hurt. <laughs> this is going to be worse than what I've just done. Yeah, yeah. No, I think it was a good message in terms of lowering, you know, lowering expectations. I think there's a link here with the stuff we've been talking about last pod and uh, maybe obviously the next few pods, but about how lowering expectations can lead to a fulfillment. Because in the last one, we're talking about just how much stuff was going on yeah. in the yeah. world and how much we feel helpless mm-hmm. and, and and angry at the sense of injustice mm-hmm. in the world and all that kind of stuff. And there is a little bit of, we kind of got to the point where I think we were saying, can we just, should we just stop worrying about this? And I know there's lots of pods out there. There's lots of yeah, people out there yeah. kind of just saying, just chill out. Stop worrying yeah. about it. Be, yeah. Which I, I totally always understood the sentiment, but you just want to go, well, how do I do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How, how mm-hmm. you know, I want to, I can't just sit back and let it all just burn to the ground. Off, if it matters to you. Yeah. But I think there is an element of assessing where our bar is. Yeah. For ourselves and others, isn't there? Yeah. And going, is that realistic? Yeah. Is this unrealistic expectation of whether yeah, we're going to turn over Amazon and Facebook next week yeah. is unrealistic. Yeah. And I think yeah. in every element of our lives, it can be a small, just a tight, you know, tidying up your desk or, or it could be your business. Mm-hmm. I think we probably set the bars way too high. Yeah. <laughs> Far too ambitious. Long bank, bank holiday weekend. Oh, I'm going to achieve X, Y, and Z. It's mm. like, you, you probably won't be able to do all that. You're putting all this stress on yourself. You get yeah. to the end of the weekend, you haven't done any of those yeah. things, and you're kicking your ass, and then, yeah. then you're into a yeah. week of just back to work. And yeah, you forget the th- well, a week you, of high you, bars. You remember the things you failed at rather than your successes. Yeah, and, and the, the bit about training when you're training, coaching soccer, soccer. Yeah. <laughs> and the last thing you do. Yeah, that, that, that's that, a, that's yeah, that all always, the children just slam the ball in from five yards. That's yeah. the last drill you do. Yeah. So everyone yeah. goes away on a high, right? Yeah. Which I think is really lovely. Yeah. 
And it makes total sense. Yeah. And just because they're kids, you know, doesn't mean that can't work for adults. I'm no adult training sessions aren't going to put a ball five yards from the goal and get everyone to smash it in. No, but I'll tell you what a lot of PTs do. And the last session of the day is quite often for me at the moment, sort of like high reps, high energy, you're out mm. of breath. Mm. A lot of our weightlifting isn't necessarily out of breath. It's a big right. exertion, yeah. but it isn't very cardiac. Yeah, yeah. But quite often I'll chuck something in like those things we're doing with curls. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. your lasting memory is bloody hell I'm knackered mm, mm. But you've only been out of breath for the last five <laughs> minutes but that's what yeah. stays as you leave yeah. so yeah it's I've just playing with your mind the whole thing yeah, <laughs> yeah. tricking me so coming up in this episode this episode is part one of a three-part series yeah on borderline personality disorder in which we'll be taking a deep dive into um, this condition to see what it is and how it affects those who have it how it makes you think feel and interact with others and it's very likely we all know someone with it. So I guess trying to recognise and understand it. So I guess in trying to recognise and understand it, we may well be able to help someone else recognise it and understand mm. it in themselves mm. or, or other people and begin the process of seeking help and support. Yeah. Right? As usual, just as a, a bit of a footnote, all the relevant notes and links will be available in our show notes for, for ease of reference. And there will be quite a few as we're building yes, up. There are a lot. Yeah. As we go over the episode, I'll be backdating them, if you know what I mean. If, yeah. if we... If we get new links after putting this out tomorrow, sure, then sure. I'll, we'll just keep adding to So we've got a, a decent bank of, of stuff. So in the last episode, we touched on, I guess, um, some of the pressures that we feel, the obvious state of the nation, politics, media, inequality and justice. I wanted to say that we totally appreciate that everyone has their own battles in life. Yeah. And, um, and that it's important to remember that no matter what your age, gender, race, ethnicity, sexuality, financial position, etc., the mental health, although playing a huge part in one or all of these things, is largely indiscriminate. Mm-hmm. We'll probably come on to this mm-hmm. in terms of nature and nurture mm-hmm. in, a, in a bit. But, but we've often talked about our privilege and it's easy to add a layer of guilt and anxiety with the idea that other people are worse off yeah. than we yeah. are and that we shouldn't. We talked about shoulding, mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. shouldn't feel how we do. Yeah, exactly. And I guess our anxiety, stress, depression, mania, whatever it is, isn't trivial. And your own mental health issues can't be boxed the same way as anyone else's. Yeah. So our goal here is to present what we can in the most balanced way we know and allow everyone to take what they need or ask more questions. I mean, that's kind of an important bit, isn't it? Yeah. We're not... Education. Any, if this is making people look more into it, ask more things about themselves and others, and that's not a bad thing. Yeah. And, and yeah, just uh, if we can just help one person, any of our faithful listeners, and in turn, if they can help someone else, then, then that's all good. Or if we can help someone else ask more questions. Yeah, yeah. That's not a bad thing, yeah. right? Yeah. We've had... A lot of discussion, the two of us, and I think we finally decided to tackle a specific element of mental health. We've spoken about it off pod, and um, I think we sort of agreed that now is the right time to face this issue directly. And I suppose the catalyst for the decision was the death of my friend Lewis, and we've alluded to him on the last couple of pods. Mm -hmm. He'd been diagnosed with um, BPD, and although he was partly within the system, he was not fully protected or understood by that system, which is probably the, I think, I think this is causing a lot of consternation to people that he was sort of almost at the finish line in terms of Mm. You're talking about our healthcare system. Our healthcare system, yeah. yeah. And I feel that he was let down and that if BDP was understood better and not stigmatised, then sufferers would have more support and quicker. Mm -hmm. I think this was the expediency of the support he got. just wasn't enough. It just needed to be quicker and fuller. So this understanding needs to embrace the full width of society, not just healthcare. So even some of those within mental health work, they're not fully aware of the tragic effect of this disorder, let alone the families, friends, work colleagues and casual acquaintances may know someone with this condition and yet know nothing of how it manifests. And I think that's one of the things we're going to talk about with BDP. Firstly, <laughs> it's the most confusing title in the world. Mm. Borderline suggests you're not sort of quite anywhere. One or the other, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. set up for people being between neurosis and psychosis, which again, doesn't take anybody anywhere. No, it sounds quite scary. 
Yeah, scary and, well, words. borderline is seen as scary, and then the emotional unstable personality disorder that has taken its place. Oh, that's a better the, title. The, the, that's what they're trying to push as the, as the, yeah. a new title, yeah. which doesn't necessarily help even. I, I think the stigma even, on that is it's almost yeah. like, well, you, you know what you to expect if someone says, yeah, my personality yeah. disorder is emotionally unstable. We're talking that's, about if you're trying to get rid of it, you just mentioned, yeah, you're just <laughs> trying to men- you just mentioned stigma. If you're trying to get rid of it, yeah. Well, let's yeah. give let's give it a title that has more yeah. more connotations, yeah. right? And also, BDP is the same initials as bipolar disorder, so straight right. away you've right, got right. a lot of mistakes on that. Yeah. So I'm just sort of I'm thinking in order to give this the attention we feel it deserves, we'll try and put forward a mixture of factual medical information, which I think is today probably, yeah, yeah. along with some anecdotal inputs that will help to make it clear not just what the key traits are how they may be displayed by an individual and how we can help people. Yeah. I'm going to use first names. I, I'm, I am in touch with people that are very close to Lewis and I'm confident that they'll happen, but I'm never going to. I'm just going to keep it on first name terms. Okay. And some other people I've been speaking to will just be anonymous or I'll change their names. Mm-hmm. Because even in 2021, and I think mental health is far more openly discussed. There is a stigma around BPD. I feel more than maybe some other personality disorders. And I keep doing searches on Google as famous people with BPD. And it's like, it's, right. it's a short list. People yeah. don't tend to to admit to it if you like um we will link to people such as marsha lynham um and someone called anthony bateman everything that we'll do on the factual bit as you said at the beginning we'll have links yeah people can go and read as much as little as they want but i hope in these three at least we'll give an overview mm. and a bit better understanding for everybody yeah sure i think the most obvious place to start mark is to ask what is it we've said that we've said the name a few times it's got a a three-letter acronym, as most of these things do. Or are you going to give an official definition? <laughs> it's really interesting. I'm sitting here thinking, suddenly, <laughs> suddenly being given the question now is really interesting because I think if I could summarise it with a definition that I felt gave it justice, then I would. And I think... I don't think you can. I don't think I can. because I mean, you can look on the internet. You can put in what is BPD and yeah. you'll oh, get... Yeah, you... Let's just give the NHS definition because yeah, okay. there are some that are a bit more flowery. Borderline personality disorder, BPD, is a disorder of mood and how a person interacts with others. It's the most commonly recognised personality disorder. In general, someone with a personality disorder will differ significantly from an average person in terms of how he or she thinks, perceives, feels or relates to others. Symptoms of borderline personality uh, can be grouped into four main areas. Correct, yeah. This is worth doing, actually. Okay, cool. So the first one is emotional instability. The psychological term for this is affective dysregulation. Mm-hmm. We will get we will we will deep dive into these yeah, when we yeah. a little bit more. Yeah. But because I'm looking at this going, I don't even know what that is, Mark. Yeah. And you'll go, <laughs> Which I think is my point about a, reading out a definition, people are gonna go, hasn't taken me yeah, forward. But I think it's important. I know to the do answer it. to this. <laughs> right. Um the second one is disturbed patterns of thinking or perception. So cognitive distortions or perceptual distortions. Uh, the third one is impulsive behaviour. Mm-hmm. And The fourth one is intense but unstable relationships with others. The symptoms of a personality disorder may range from mild to severe. We've talked about gradations before and usually emerge in adolescence, persisting into adulthood. Um, Causes of borderline personality. The causes are unclear, but as with most conditions, BPD appears to result from a combination of genetic and environmental factors. And I've got some stuff that I'll put in on that that will just expand that. I think... Why I was being reticent about giving a definition is, as you say, you read that, it hasn't really taken you anywhere. I mean, that, that is very accurate and that, that is the, the thought. It's important for us to do is to, to, to give real life examples rather yeah. than sort of yeah. know, psychological backgrounds. Yeah. People with BPD come from many different backgrounds, but most will have experienced some kind of trauma or neglect as children. Yeah. I don't know how important that is. It it's like very important. Okay. Yeah. And it's also 
and I think we're going to keep highlighting this nonstop, the degree of trauma. Hmm. It, it can't be a competition. Mental health can't be a competition to go, well, that happened to you, but did you know I happened? You know, yeah. this happened to me, therefore I'm in a worse yeah. position with you. People cope with things differently. Uh, and also there's different disorders and conditions where trauma hasn't played a part. Yes. You could easily sit there, yeah. even from my experience, and go, I haven't experienced any trauma. Yeah. So why am I experiencing this? And you, you're picking yeah. back through it. What's happened? There's a, some, something's happened. You know? Yeah. But sometimes it doesn't need that, does it? No. I was thinking back when we were saying a couple of um, episodes ago when we were talking about when I used to foster and we'd have a child and those mm. sort of early formative years. Yeah. I think that's sort of what I'm saying here is that, that, that especially in childhood, the traumas in childhood doesn't necessarily mean that you know yeah. you weren't fed for a year and you were beaten every day of your life. Sometimes yeah, it could sure, be far sure. more subtle than yeah. that. But so what I'm saying is it can be a, a very much more subtle influence on the your There's gradations of, of, of trauma and, yeah. and childhood experiences and therefore how it manifests in adulthood, but doesn't always add up. But that's exactly I mean? that. If I, I sat here, if I sat here and said it's to not, you, "This equals that," yeah, it doesn't work like that. No. We don't work like that as humans. Right? No. And if I said, "Oh, here's a childhood trauma," and you'd look at me and go, "Not the end of the world," <laughs> but but the yeah. effect of it—it's it's what you said at the beginning. We don't know what everybody else yeah. is going yeah. through, and I think society is very judgmental. And it's like, well, you've got this, this, and this. So mm. how come you're still yeah. in this position? But it makes sense, doesn't it? Some, you know, you you in you have an injury. Mm -hmm. And if it's a large injury, the recovery is normally longer or mm -hmm. there's normally more ramifications. Yeah. That almost makes sense to us. It's logical. But we're getting into areas where some things aren't logical. Yes. Are irrational. Can't be explained. Can't and they be explained. Can't be, they can't be measured. You know, I've got, yeah. I've got a scar yeah. from my operation that is healing and I can see that healing. Yeah. And I know in two or three weeks time, I'll be fit to go. Yeah. But I guess the mental scars are. And I think, yeah. I think that's one of the problems that people do judge you know, this shoulding that we've come into. I don't want to come in straight on the, the suicide and self-harm and just go, you know, like with some sort of sensationalist headlines. But I think it. I think we do need, or I think I need to explain why, for me, this is so important. And having had a friend take his own life and then look at the figures and look at everything, I think I just want to put it in some sort of context because we did mention a couple of podcasts ago if this was sort of well known, it would be headline news and people going, how many people yeah. commit suicide in a society at the moment where, you know, obviously with deaths being reported daily on the, you know, if they had one for BPD and said out of these number of people, 10%. Oh, yeah, of, we've said that before, haven't we? If yeah. we had the, the whole, you know, the charts, yeah. cancer yeah. and Alzheimer's and all sorts yeah. of things, then it would make for interesting reading, yeah. wouldn't it? I mean, awful reading, but yeah. well, do you want to go into your quick facts? Yeah. That? Because that, is kind of a real good place to kind okay, of. Okay, so here's, here's, here's sort of a background. We've had the definition. Here's just a sort of background. We're going to. I'm going to do a little bit on the suicide. We are going to mention self harm because self harm is a really big thing. Mm -hmm. um, so in the UK, the 2019 Office of National Statistics figures showed an overall rate of 11 people per hundred thousand committing suicide. So in the UK, in 2019, 5,691 people killed themselves. Around 75% of these were men, 25% women, and the highest age-specific rate was for males aged 45 to 49. Mm. Suicide rates for people with BDP is 10%. And as I said to you just before we came um, onto the pod, I don't know if that means 10% of 100,000 means that's 10,000, which would mean it's 1,000 times more than mm. the 11 per 100,000 of the yeah, general population, yeah. or whether you can't swap those figures in that way. Mm -hmm. 
So I've gone to um, some figures from America, which I'll run through now, that give a similar sort of things, but these have actually been done mm-hmm. uh, sort of officially. Yep. America is is 100 miles ahead of us on this. Yeah. BPD in the UK is way below um, Ireland, way ahead of us. I think Australia and New Zealand might be, but America definitely is. Mm-hmm. So some of the facts are going to be from America. Um, they reckon around 14 million Americans suffer from BPT, which is about 5.9 of the population. Um, 5.9 percent of the population. Right, right. Yeah, sorry. Right. More people have BPD than schizophrenia and bipolar disorder combined, which again is interesting if you think how often it's mentioned in the news. Mm-hmm. And this is an American figure: people with BPD commit suicide at 400 times the rate of the general population. And I think this was the sort of bit that just hit me for six. I know yeah. that suicides and suicide attempts are big with people with BDP. And this was an interesting one. BPD is more common in women than men. America, they reckon three to four more times. And I think we're going to discuss this later, but very, very briefly, it was something I discussed with you about the difference between sad and mad that, that women presenting with typical BPD traits mm. tend to oh, get directed more to medical provision or mental health provision and men quite often get put more towards criminal justice because of the way it's viewed and because yeah. of you know women may be, be more willing to access mental health provision yeah. than men yeah. and notoriously people with BDP fall out of treatment or reject treatment and this was the one that frightened me the most I think BPD is the third leading cause of death for young adult women between 15 and 24 years of age in the US. And I just thought with everything that's been on the news, the third leading cause for that group of women, it's like, but yeah. no one knows about it. And it's yeah. everybody, like we said a couple of pods ago, everyone knows about cancer yeah. and road traffic accidents and, yeah. and that, that mental health condition yeah. that no there's, one knows about can be the you, third. There's things you suddenly become aware of and then you see it, mm. right? This is something I've become aware of. Yeah. I don't see it anywhere. The only place, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only place I see it is because I'm looking for it and yeah. I'm researching it. And yeah. You're telling me stuff and I'm looking it up. Even kind of finding out about uh, like endometriosis in the last few months. Yeah. And then there's a bit more about that. I'm just, I'm just going to give a case in point for BPD now. So I'm now going to take a photograph of my computer screen. And this is just to explain to you <laughs> what I've there's, just explained There's two reasons. Beforehand. There's practical one is practical and, and because I don't want to lose anything. And second is to explain is, something with BPD. Okay. I have set myself up here to be in a destructive or in a, a heightened anxiety Yeah. by deliberately not bringing the charger. Wasn't I forgot? For your laptop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'll run out of battery. What percentage are Because you said you're on 27% when you got it's, here. It's eating battery. <laughs> yeah, I haven't commented on, on the pod how big your laptop is. It's, you know, it's like a massive TV with, <laughs> with a keyboard. I mean, we know you're competitive, but that's ridiculous. Yeah. So I'm now going to take a photograph. And when we come on to how BPD affects people, the thing I think I want to mention, and I think this is very clear, a lot of people, when they'll hear the traits, will recognize in themselves some of these traits. Mm-hmm. The difference between being diagnosed with BPD and having some of those traits is the degree to which it influences every aspect of your life mm-hmm. and the depth that it yep. in affects your life. And so I think this is a simple case in point. I've just done something to make my life more difficult. Yeah. And I recognize I've done it and I could have put the charger in my bag. And yeah, and we kind of, just before we came, we started recording you kind of mentioned the point about your laptop and it made me realize that 
every pod, every pod we've probably done has some aspect of me taking the piss out of you <laughs> for these kind of things, which which, which made, I just you know, had a massive. I mean, it's funny, and you found it funny, and you can laugh at it. But I think we will laugh at this. In the back of my mind, it's going. If you don't laugh at some of these things, then you're only going to get a bit, <laughs> yeah, a bit sad. I think I've said but to you. But it's good I've that you can kind of you can see that because I think it's kind of a healthy thing that you can you well you recognise it and you can see that it's there was no need for this and I know there's no need for this. I think just the the bit about you saying about I've me. I've got two computers here. You can borrow one of them if you want. Well, so I mean, got... I could send I could send you this as an attachment and then read it off yours. Yeah, I mean, it's just an idea. Yeah, I'll need your code though, won't I? What code? Wi-Fi. Yeah. Okay. Once. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I did even think of that myself. Your battery is running low. <laughs> now you're under pressure. Oh, dear. Don't need to do the traits. We're just going to leave this running so everyone can understand fully the little insight into your world. Well, one of the things we are going to cover is how difficult it is living with people with BDP or knowing them or interacting with them. And I think this is a case in point. Your morning the, could have been easier. The amount, of, <laughs> the amount of times you've bought your laptop and I've gone, do you want, to, do you want the Wi-Fi kit? You're like, no, I'm all right. Do you want well, the Wi-Fi kit? No, I'm right. Do you want the Wi-Fi kit? Now you're like, shit, I need the Wi-Fi kit. <laughs> my, my default is when someone says something that can be helpful is to say no. Yeah. Did it the other day. Someone, would you like a glass of water? I wanted a glass of water this morning. Yeah, I you asked said, you if you wanted another yeah. drink. You, you didn't no. come with your, with your smoothie or your shake and I no, thought you're going to be parched. I'm you parched. are, aren't you? I haven't drunk all day. Would you like a drink, Mark? Yeah, I'd love a drink. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting real insight now, aren't I? Yeah. This, part, this, this wasn't even part of your plan. This is Pandora's box, isn't it? <laughs> Right, while you're doing that, I'll get you a drink. What would you like? Thank you. Water's fine. Thank you very much. I haven't got got my laptop now, so I feel naked. Yeah. Right. That's why I didn't want to take this from you. We've mentioned um, the background to it around um, genetic and environmental factors. I'd like to come back to that in a minute, but I'm aware this is almost too much to say, isn't there? So (laughs) I'm going to try and... uh, try and do some a bit of discipline on this so i'd like to just run through the nine traits commonly associated with bpd and it'd be good for you to sort of maybe jump in if there's mm. things that, that sure. just don't make sense yeah. in very basic psychological terms if you manifest five a minimum of five of these nine traits then you're diagnosed as having borderline personality disorder mm-hmm. and for different people it can be a different combination some people there's a guy i follow in ireland who's got eight of the nine and i guess life is more complicated if you've got more of them yeah um, yeah five's enough to be going on with so the first one is fear of abandonment um, and people with bdp are often terrified of being abandoned or left alone it's things like someone being home late from work um, or someone going away or losing contact a bit for someone it can prompt frantic efforts to keep the other person close mm-hmm. And I think one of the things with the disorder is quite often it's disproportionate or it feels disproportionate to the other people. Mm-hmm. So there's sort of the begging and the clinging, fights might start. So it often comes across as something quite negative, but it's not wanting to be abandoned. But the the way it manifests itself can almost seem like being over needy or overprotective. Yeah. So for the person on the other side, it's like, literally, I'm just nipping out. For a couple of hours, I'll see you later. Yeah. And I guess this is all the time because people no. with extroversion and introversion would, would act very differently. Yes. Totally. Wouldn't they? And just yeah. because you're an introvert doesn't mean doesn't mean you're not going to want to be around people or have the intensity about wanting to yeah. be with people, right? Yeah. yeah. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. And it isn't, it isn't, it's going to be different on different days. And yeah. This is one of the, this is one of the things that we'll, we'll mention on the disorder. The difference between this disorder and, and say manic depression is that 
mood changes with people with this personality disorder are in seconds. You've seen this with me. Mm-hmm. You've seen me come in here crying mm-hmm. and then the pod starts and I'm cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. And it isn't just those mood swings. It can be a whole other well, host. It isn't just off. happy, sad. Yeah, or being off the back of a text or I guess triggers is one thing we'll probably definitely yes. come to. Yeah. <laughs> um, so fear, that, fear of abandonment, I would say, is very typical for the majority of people with a, with a disorder. Mm-hmm. Unstable relationships. You mentioned when you did those first four It is a relationship disorder. A lot of people describe it as that. And I would say, from my experience, that the relationship element of BPD and the effect this has on relationships is is a major factor. Tend to have relationships that are intense and short-lived, falling in love quickly, believing that each new person is the one who will make you feel whole only to be quickly disappointed. And I've, I've, we've used this on the pod before. I've used the phrase, someone held the door open for me and I fell in love with them. And it doesn't matter who that person is, whether it's a man or a woman, whether you're attracted to them or not. You can have an instant association and an instant surge of attachment to that person beyond it's like falling in love, even to the point that if someone did that for me, I would make a conscious effort maybe if they'd gone out of the shop, then I would maybe turn yeah. go out of the shop to see them again when they're walking oh, yeah, down yeah. the street or try and picture what they look like. And that intensity can can be quite suffocating for people because mm. it's that, mm. it's mm. where does that come from? <laughs> Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Um, and there is something that we are going to talk about, which is favorite person. And favorite person is, is, a, is a really, really big thing, but we'll talk about that later. Yeah. They say in here that relationships either seem perfect or horrible without any middle ground. Lovers, friends, family may feel that they have emotional whiplash as a result of your rapid swings from idealization to devaluation, anger and hate. And when we talk about the effect on friends and families, there's a well-known book, I Hate You, Don't Leave Me, which I think that title sums up very much being alongside somebody with BPD, whether mm. it's friend, family, or work colleague, and been doing a little bit around Demi Lovato has got a song of that title, and the lyrics for that are are excellent in terms of describing, which was really interesting. That was one of the few sort of cultural references I could find. Unclear or shifting self-image. It's three. It's number three, yeah. So your sense of self is typically unstable. Um, Sometimes you feel good about yourself, other times you hate yourself, or even view yourself as evil. Probably don't have a clear idea of who you are and what you want in life. And as a result, you may frequently change jobs. I've had about 40 jobs. I probably need to say that I've got BPD. I, I don't think we're think all aware, Mark, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's loud and clear. Okay. That's no, no, all right. I mean, okay. I mean, you know, no, 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 sorry, that's I'm, fine. I'm doing my usual. But I haven't said it. I'm being, you ha- you I haven't. need to say it. You haven't. I've been diagnosed in the last two years with BPD. So I feel that a lot of the stuff I'm talking about here is either anecdotal Mm. from myself or from people I've been in contact with. So yeah, there you go. As a result, you may frequently change jobs. As I say, I've had about 30, 40 jobs, Mm -hmm. religion, values, goals, or even sexual identity. And I think one of the interesting things is I was looking up archive on Instagram and two years ago, there's countless pictures of me with my top off. Oh yeah, yeah. When, even when you're on holiday, I think, the, the, was it Greece or something? You Oh, everything you just, was. Everything. You went there training and it was just... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I did some eventless. videos. and yeah. <laughs> Just your glistening body in the sun. I miss those days. <laughs> but in terms of self-image, that's really interesting. So if you look at my mm. Instagram, well, there's not... about six months of like self-adulation. Yeah. And, and then, then there's now, nothing. it's all political and yeah. mental. So my feeling of self-worth and self-image does change mm-hmm. and quite interesting i don't look at myself in the mirror someone the other day said i like your beard i'd forgotten i'm not 
I'm just, I don't look in the mirror anymore. So I know I've got a beard. It probably talks about needs a, a massive bit of mirror in the bathroom. Yeah. Okay. You just, you got a massive mirror, you just don't look in anymore. What I'm saying is it wouldn't be. But there'll probably be a time where you just. Oh, there'll be times when you, I'll be you, staring you... there for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 What I'm saying is it's a complete different yeah, yeah, change yeah, yeah, in terms yeah, of your not, self-image. So the sure. confidence yeah. that I might come across yeah. with here, it's sandwiched between. Yeah you know, crying and hun- and going under my weighted blanket. Yeah. Impulsive self-destructive behaviors, harmful, and they call it here sensation-seeking behaviors, especially when you're upset. And I think that's really interesting. I don't know if I do sensation-seeking behaviors because a lot of destructive behaviors I do, I don't tell people about. I've told you one today. Yeah. Um, but here you go. You may impulsively spend more money you can't afford, binge eat, We've been mentioning that recently. Yeah. Drive recklessly. We might have mentioned that recently. Yeah, yeah. Shoplift. I shoplift. I did shoplift a lot. Not recently. No. Okay, good. That's good to know. But you have. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, promiscuity or overdo it with drugs or alcohol or gambling. So, yeah, very risky behaviors. But again, it's it's the extent to which people do these. Yeah. The fifth one is self-harm. Suicidal behavior and deliberate self-harm is common with people. Suicidal behavior includes thinking about suicide, making suicide gestures or threats, or actually carrying out a suicide attempt. The making suicidal gestures or threats is a very big one with therapists that they, they say they constantly have to listen to this with people. Yeah. And it isn't seen generally as attention-seeking, like, oh, this is how close I am. But it's that the fact that it becomes such a massive part of your thought process that you need to tell someone that it's that it's there it doesn't mean you're going to do it but yeah i i would argue and this is any anecdotal but i've spoke to over my lifetime this kind of thing has come up a lot so people drive i've done it before i'm driving what if i just turn my arms or turn the steering wheel 90 degrees 70 mile an hour 80 mile on the motorway yeah i would suggest most people have those thoughts what if what if I didn't break? What if I closed my eyes? What if I just didn't turn at this corner yes. on a country road? Yeah. I think we all have those because Which, it, 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 exactly. there's, there's always that kind of awareness of your own mortality. Oh, I wonder when I'm going to die. I wonder how I'm going to die. But that makes us human, doesn't it? Animals probably don't have that kind of no. level of, no. of uh, intellectual preservation. Yeah. But then again, gradations of that. You then, if you, you know, if you aren't feeling good about yourself or you're having a low moment, you, you know, I think, I think it's more common in people than I, they would admit. 100%. 100% agree it with that. It doesn't mean, you know, if they were then to, to tell someone about that, I, you know, you do get into the, oh, it's just a cry for help or that kind of yeah. thing. Or you yeah. think, that's quite a serious thing to say. I don't want to get someone worried. Therefore, I won't tell them about it. Yeah. But I think we all generally think about it. Yes. The difference is whether we tell anyone else or not. And again, who we tell and whether they can understand where you're coming from. You can have that intellectual kind of debate. Yeah. But open it's, and it's, it's, there's no judgment. And it's just, no, I have those thoughts as well. It doesn't mean I'm going to, but we do, I guess here, hopefully, which is control. What we're trying but to it's do. a matter of intensity. So, yeah. so I can feel myself looking at my shoulders now, which I now drop. I can feel myself getting slight anger when you say other people do. And it's true. I totally agree with you. Other people do. Well, you feel that. My anger is based around other people can have a passing okay. interest. That isn't. That isn't intense or doesn't take over their life in any shape or form. Yeah. So the two things I feel aren't comparable because, yeah, someone might go, God, I know when I'm on top of a cliff, I suddenly think, what would happen if? Mm -hmm. And that's a passing thought. Yes. If I'm thinking about things, I can visualize a certain action or a certain event a thousand times. Mm -hmm. I can just sit and visualize, visualize, visualize. And so I think the point I'd like to say is everybody in the world has a personality. Yeah. 
and nobody has a personality that is perfectly ordered. Mm -hmm. So therefore, yeah. everybody has a personality disorder. Personality <laughs> disorder. It's when it takes over your life yeah. and the lives of those around you. I think, yeah, so I think this is one of the problems is sometimes I will say something and people go, actually, yeah, I, I had so-and-so say to me the other day and I'm thinking, they might have mentioned it. This has yeah. happened to me for the last 16 hours yeah, or, yeah. you know. 75% yeah. of people with BPD attempt self-harm that could lead to suicide. So 75% will self-harm to the to the extent that it could you know, if they, okay. if they yeah. overdid it. And self-harm does range from hitting yourself. I, I know people who, yes. who get so angry or emotional that they'll just hit their arms or hit their head. Yes. To, I guess, cutting yourself and, you know, more extreme versions of that. Yes. Just, just want to kind of, yes. you know what I mean? Well, people, self-harm self is, is anything. Self it, is, it? it is binge eating. It, yeah, it is not sleeping. Gonna, I just wanted, because we've kind of, in the self-harm, we've gone to suicide very quick. I just want to say there's, that is the. Totally. And I think it's also the nature of the self-harm. It can almost be... Not less be... important things or no. less less impactful things. Because like I said, it can be eating, it can be drinking, it can be just not looking after yourself. Yeah. But it, all could, it can be physically hitting yourself. And again, again, there's also gradations. I think I think I read that the only um, disorder that had a higher suicide rate was anorexia nervosa. And I know from working in a, a women's prison that obviously the, the medication within those prisons was one of the major things. We used to have massive rounds. It used to take hours and hours in the prison just doling out right. all the different medications. But of course, in something like a female prison, you get a lot more self-harm of being things like cutting. And so it's a very visible sign. But there's a lot of other forms of self-harm that people use with BDP that is invisible. Yeah, You can be doing it and no one will know. And if I was saying to you about my risky driving, it's like, I can mention it, and I know we've almost been a little bit blasé. Yeah, but it's that is a form of self harm because you're oh, putting yourself. Yeah, yeah in, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, number six is extreme emotional swings, and this is the one thing you may feel happy one minute and the next despondent, and it can be the most extreme. Little things that other people brush off can send you into emotional tailspin. They tend to pass fairly quickly, which is what I mentioned. It's unlike the emotional swings of depression and bipolar. You can go really happy, really sad. And it can be a text. It can be the way someone looks at you. It can be a certain trigger word. Mm -hmm. It can be sometimes it feels chemical to me. Sometimes I'll sit here, just have this rush of chemicals yeah, through yeah, my body yeah. and just feel so sad and just want to cry and then come back to the pod and just laugh and joke. And this is the one thing, mm. <laughs> the number of people that have said to me, who know sometimes I'm maybe not as happy as I'd like to be, would go, you sound so upbeat on the pod. Mm. Mm. And they're not mutually exclusive. Happiness and yeah. sadness can be there at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely yeah. BDP, you have to put on a mask. I mean, I've gone 60 years without anyone knowing. Yeah. So. I mean, some of our best pods have pinned both of us on our asses, right? Yeah. The <laughs> last one, I was having to pull you up. Yeah, and I no, thought, yeah. And we, yeah, I think it's just a reflection of life, really. Going back to Lewis, from my my view, number seven is what was the biggest factor in, in, in Lewis taking his own life. Mm-hmm. And number seven is the chronic feeling of emptiness. And you'll find that people with BPD talk as if there's a hole or a void inside, as if you're feeling nothing or you don't feel anybody. And that's why a lot of people try to fill this void with things like drugs, food, sex, attention, but nothing ever feels truly satisfying. And the emptiness, um, I listened to a guy on a podcast from Ireland the other day, and he said, I could never, ever wish this upon my worst enemy. And he said, I can never, ever find the words to describe this emptiness. And I know I can't. It isn't feeling down. It isn't feeling depressed. It isn't feeling sad. Yeah. It's literally that the whole of your mind and your body 
has nothing in it yeah. that has any sense and you just yeah. try and fill it. So quite often, any sensation is better than the emptiness. Yeah. So that's why it becomes self-harm. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, I yeah. often wondered when I sometimes saw women in prison cutting themselves and they were going, well, the pain's release. It's better. to feel. Yeah. yeah. It's better to slice my arm than to be sitting here with this emptiness. And I think BDP is, because it's so underdiagnosed, I think a lot mm. of people I've worked with in the mm. past, I mm. could now see that in criminal yeah. justice especially. Yeah. Um, explosive anger. Um, you may struggle with intense anger and a short temper. Mindfulness and getting older has helped me do mine. But I'm looking back, explosive anger, I've been explosive. <laughs> it's like, you know, the stories that when I was a bit of a football hooligan, even when I was taking kids football, the number of fights I got into, I'd never mm -hmm. back down from a fight. I would look for fights. Mm -hmm. I wasn't explosive necessarily with people around me, but it was certain it manifested itself almost with strangers. Mm -hmm. If I felt something wasn't right, I felt it was my duty to go in and get involved. Yeah, yeah. A lot of this time is also feeling angry at yourself as well. So you can self-destruct by actually doing things that will physically or mentally hurt yourself. So I will do that. I will, I will set up a situation. I will do this on texts. I will send a text to upset somebody and they'll come back and go, what's that all about? Why, why did you suddenly say that? And I'll go, well, you should know. And they'll go, I don't know. What, where did this come from? And I go, I will fuck off then. Yeah. And like I'll create yeah, yeah, a disagreement yeah. to feel sad about it. It's kind of like the self-harm, but you do it in other, and you're doing it in other people. Yeah. If there's that kind of sense of you want to feel something, yeah. it's poking the bear in there. Yeah. I'll just, I'll just very, very quickly read out what Amelia sent to me. So this was from um, the BD, BPD box. It's funny if someone who has it really struggles to say it. Yeah, it's an awful set of three yeah. letters, to be honest. Um, they're on Instagram. Uh, we'll have the links. Uh, and so Amelia sent this to me today. It said, me, I'm feeling like I'm faking my BPD. And I do. I, mm -hmm. I said to you, there's sometimes times I'm thinking, am I doing this for attention? Am I doing this to be big and clever? Mm -hmm. Am I doing it because I just want to be quirky and different? And mm -hmm. and there is a certain competitive edge around mental health sometimes that, mm -hmm. you know, because I have other diagnoses that I haven't mentioned to you, I don't think. But it's almost like, well, how many can you collect? It's like badges and cubs, yeah. isn't it? But that's also, a, you know, is a good example. You just get angry me talking about someone else having... Yeah. thoughts of their own demise yeah there's probably an element of you going hold on that's just there's, there's different elements of jealousy <laughs> yeah. there isn't there they yeah. can have that and not let it take over their lives yeah they don't know what it's like to be me yeah i've got it worse than them yes you know what i mean how, yeah. how dare they kind of get away with that you know what I mean? <laughs> that's my ground find <laughs> yeah. your own problem yeah. um so i feel like i'm faking my bpd also me splits on a friend we'll be talking about splitting next time yeah. splits on a friend for not double texting me after i didn't reply because obviously that's proof that they don't care yeah. And they'll leave me, followed by me going into a three-day depressive dissociative episode because, God, why am I so dumb? So this is the point. I would send something. The friend would reply. It's my turn to reply, but my head would go, no, you have to reply. And if you don't reply, so yeah. double texting, yeah, yeah. then you hate me. And most people don't double text unless it's like, are you all right or have you gone or, you know, whatever. And so therefore I've created the perfect storm of they can't be even asked to ask me turn the phone off disappear and then if they do double text i don't see it and then i can just beat myself up so i've created yeah i've created that and those kind of things are exhausting to listen to yeah so i can only imagine what they're like and they're daily with. they're daily yeah. i will pick fights daily yeah and the last one is feeling suspicious or out of touch with reality um <laughs> right okay i'm going to read this one word for word see if you can pick no, anything no, out of it go on i think i've got my own thoughts go on people with bpd often struggle with paranoia or suspicious thoughts about others motives when under stress you may even lose touch with reality mm -hmm. 
an experience known as disassociation, which we'll go into. You may feel foggy, spaced out, or as if you're outside your own body. Before I read the last line, that is really important. I recognize on the pod, and I recognize from people, friends that I've spoken to, that I often describe looking at myself mm-hmm. from outside. Yeah. Like the whole thing we've been saying about we're all a video game, we're all yeah, watching. Yeah, yeah. My whole life feels as if I'm in a film. And I quite often see me from outside. I view me as another person, not from within. Mm-hmm. Um, also, deep dives into contemporary stories, especially extreme. Mm, I don't know. Yeah. A smidge, maybe. <laughs> Here <laughs> and there. Song. <laughs> <laughs> so what were you going to say on that one? The last few of those traits then start to kind of connect with the first set. Yeah. Don't they? They're, yeah. They feel, they start off, you go, okay, okay, I've got that, I've got, then you start to get into the the layering of those traits. Yeah, yeah. And it really builds up. I've got, I could recognize, I've, I've asked, I put asterisks against what I recognize in myself. Mm-hmm. And there's probably three mm-hmm. or four mm-hmm. a push. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but mild versions, some are kind of more, you know what I mean? Yeah. Nothing I'd kind of get concerned about. But mm. since you've been talking about it, and we've talked about this way before, we've been talking about it now. And there's things you kind of say and do and go, well, I have that. And we've had conversations when we're training going, I have the same thing. Yeah. You know, just the numbness and the emptiness bit. Mm-hmm. I would bet the fight, I shouldn't bet. We're yeah. talking about <laughs> these kind of behaviors. That isn't one, by the way, <laughs> the gambling. But I would bet the farm on anyone listening to this, probably recognizing at least one of those in themselves or someone 100%, else. They know. 100%. I, 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 I'm that confident. Yeah, you've you've talked about some of the examples, and I just you just suddenly start going through the rolodex of all the the conversations you've had with people along these kind of lines. You yeah. think I know ten, fifteen people who have that, or have spoken yes. about that, or that. Yeah, even the last couple of years, mm. I think it's on everybody's doorstep, isn't it? Yeah, and I, what, the one thing I don't want is for people to listen to this, pick out five, and go shit. I've got BPD. No, absolutely no. I think no, this is around. No, what I wasn't doing. No, no, no. I know you. No, but no, but I think it's a really good point. Well, it goes back to the Google thing, isn't it? You you type into Google, yeah. I've been sneezing, and Google tells yeah. you you're going to die. So it's. But it's this like we said at the beginning. It's good enough reason to start asking more questions. Yeah, I said to you just now when we weren't recording, we had a bit of um confusion about when we were going to do this part time-wise and you sent something and when I realized I'd made a mistake I was completely beating myself up and thinking I could maybe change this this and this and get across to see him but the way you handled it in your text stopped me from doing that okay literally what I was going to do was change exactly what I was doing at that moment to get here I would have driven over badly. I would yeah. have been full of resentment. Been I would have rattled. upset someone else. Mm. And I've gone here and in my head, I was going to be, fuck you. Like you've made me come out here. It was my mistake. You've run a whole timeline, haven't you? Yeah. yeah. And so I'd catastrophized. I created a situation that never existed. And I was already angry and cross with you. Mm. And it wasn't your fault. <laughs> and I would have been here and you would have been, you all right, mate? I'm going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, worry fine. about it. You fucked up my life. It isn't. I didn't read your text properly. But you dealt with it in such an understanding way that I felt soothed and I didn't beat myself up. That's good. I, I, wrote, I think, I I think you were doing with, it consciously, I felt. Now I've thought about it, yes, but at the time I wasn't thinking, I wonder if he's beating himself. I genuinely didn't think yeah. he'd beat. Yeah. I just did that kind of, it's all right. It's all right. It's, 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 it is totally fine. Yeah. I can do it because I said I can do it today or tomorrow. So it wasn't any, any biggie. But yeah. And I went around, pretty I read all the texts yeah. to try and work out that it was your fault. <laughs> I went through them all trying to go, no, he'd misled I me. I must have, yeah. <laughs> must have been, I read through I'm just, I'm, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
But it's um, all right because it is, yeah. Just just a last couple of things. So we've mm. gone through the traits. I think there's just one little bit that I just like to, to yeah, step sure. back at about where does all this come from? And there is a lack of understanding or a lack of knowledge because there's been so little research. Mm. Just little two little bits of research, and I've got all the links for this. Okay, cool. Um, but I'll just do sort of headline things. So some of the research suggests that the brain areas involved in emotional responses become overactive in people with BPD. And we've talked about the amygdala and that um, mm. The limbic system yeah. before. Yeah. So people with a disorder tend to show less activity in areas of the brain that help control emotions and aggressive impulses and allow people to understand the context of a situation. And I think that contextual thing is quite interesting. As an intelligent person, I can have very irrational and very unbalanced view of a situation mm -hmm. that I should be able to understand. And the one is that we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, a study showing looking at emotionally negative pictures, people with BPD use different areas of the brain than people without the disorder. Those with the illness tended to use brain areas related to reflexive actions and alertness, which explains the tendency to act impulsively on these emotional cues. And I've, I've done this. I've looked at these pictures. The emotions that I see from the people that are meant to be neutral, they hate me. <laughs> mm -hmm. That was my response. They're yeah. quite aggressive. Yeah. And it was interesting. You said to me the other day, we had a, a workman walk by <laughs> and you said you scared the shit out of him. It's just um, the way you I saw, the way you walked up to him. Yeah. You, you were squaring up. You and weren't. I, and I said, I think he was staying away because of COVID. He, you took, went, he took two steps he back. He thought you were going to hit him. <laughs> did, yes. And that was just me going, how are you doing, mate? <laughs> yeah. So that's one bit on the research. And the other thing, which I think we've talked about, we'll come on to treatment, obviously, next time, but mm -hmm. was around, you know, where does all this come from? And I think it's worth just doing the final five minutes on that. Research have not identified a clear cause. They've looked at MRIs and they've looked at brain activity. So there is a lot of that. There's big discussion that it is hereditary, can be passed on genetically. But as I said to you, if the, the link then between nature and nurture mm -hmm. becomes, you know, if you have someone, whether they have BPD or not, they yeah. could work in such a way that that nurture creates you know, that trauma in you. It's also important to understand that not all people who meet the criteria that we've just mentioned will develop it, but also people who don't meet any of the above criteria may develop it. Right. So that's why it's misunderstood. Mm -hmm. So the researchers were about 20 years behind on the research compared to other mental health disorders such as depression or bipolar. Three parts of the brain that I've just sort of touched on then mm -hmm were either smaller than expected or had unusual activities. And I've seen all the pictures of this from MRI, and it is very, very clear. So the amygdala, which we've mentioned, that plays the role in regulating emotions, especially the more negative emotions, such as fear, aggression, and anxiety. We've mentioned that a lot on the pod. The hippocampus, which regulates behavior and self-control, and self-control is a major mm -hmm. factor in, in BPD. And the frontal cortex, which is involved in planning and decision-making. And then, like today's been a key example of my frontal cortex. You know, I was, it was amazing, wasn't it? I was here at nine o'clock to the second. Yeah. And three, that was three, important. Yeah. Three seconds to nine. Yeah. You were here. Yeah. Well, your watch is wrong. I was here at nine. <laughs> yeah. Three you seconds to nine. You counted it down, Mark. Three seconds you're to even, nine. You're rewriting history now. <laughs> Is that part oh, we of do this that. Well? It's called time travel. Right, okay, yeah, right. we do. I thought it might be. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I had to be here at nine o'clock on the dot because I wanted affirmation from you because I know you would give me affirmation. I could not be one second late. But having done that planning, which my frontal cortex did, my frontal cortex also said, "Don't bring the charger. Mm -hmm. Don't do this. Don't do that. Yeah. Don't have any breakfast. Don't have anything to drink when you get up. 
yeah, all those yeah. bad planning decisions. So the final bit on this is that development of these parts of the brain is affected by early upbringing. We haven't really touched very much, although yeah. you mentioned about childhood traumas. Yeah. Childhood is key, I think, for BPD. I think I'm 60 years old now. I think I've had BPD since I was 15. These parts of your brain are the ones that are responsible for mood regulation. So the last thing I'm just going to leave it with is it is one of the most misunderstood diagnoses in mental health. It does have serious stigma. And this was from someone from the National Association of Mental Illness in America called Joyce Berland. And she was talking about the stigma about it. And that was when I was saying to you about, tell me one celebrity that has it. I was reading somewhere the other day that someone said Amy Winehouse so had BPD. And one of the things we've mentioned driving and risky driving as being a very big one. Um, She had three driving offences. And then you look at all the other criteria that I've just read out. And someone was saying Amy Winehouse was seen under more if you like, sexy or exotic types of, you know, disorders. Well, or rock and roll. It's, yeah, you know, she's rock and roll. Like but... reading about that disorder. Yeah. So it's cool, yeah. right? And if someone went, she acts like she does because of BPD, and they all fit, yeah. you know, emotional reg- dysregulation and everything else. So this is what Joyce said. When I started my clinical career, I was warned to stay away from borderlines. Nice title. So I began to search out information about this diagnosis, which was primarily attached to women and carried with it such a blatantly stigmatizing reputation. I became aware of the enormous strength and resiliency they brought to the daily struggle of coping with the disruptive symptoms of the condition and the patience and loyalty shown by the families, friends and those who loved them and supported them. So she offered just a couple of explanations for negativity. One is, is that of those nine traits, rarely does everyone have all of them, so that makes it slightly different to diagnose. Secondly, it overlaps nearly always with other mental health disorders, mm-hmm. which foggies it up even more. Yeah. And it's generally accompanied by co-occurring conditions such as depressive disorder, bipolar, substance misuse, eating disorders, um, also ADHD and OCD. Yeah. Hands up. So, and then again, that's something with, we're not even going to dive into OCD, but that's become almost like just become tabloid, isn't it? I can remember me mentioning about OCD and someone going, oh, your cupboards must be great. And I'm thinking if that was the only problem I had with OCD, that would be a positive. There's a lot in there. Yeah, there's loads in there. But it's good. It's good to kind of jump off and there's plenty of things to get stuck in in, in part two, yeah. um, which will be covering uh i get we've kind of touched on how do these traits manifest Mm -hmm. we'll probably give a few more examples around those Mm -hmm. kind of everyday examples of how that manifests yeah you've already given a couple but i think giving kind of real world doesn't matter how small they are yeah and and, and solutions as well i think what we want to get into is if you're if you have what can you do to help yeah if, if you have it yourself or you're around someone yeah what little things can you do to make a big difference? We'll also look at, uh, I think, um, triggers, favourite person you talked about, yeah, uh, splits and childhood. I think we can get those in, in yeah, part two. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then in part three, we'll actually kind of look at next steps and, and then kind of areas of help and support. Yeah, looking and, at treatments yeah. for people with it and also friends and family. Yeah. Treatment is a big thing. So that's it for this episode. Well done for getting this far and thanks for listening. Give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at I'm Finecast and send your feedback and ideas to imfinecast at gmail.com. And it would be good to hear from people because we'll be doing it this week. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm in touch with to. a few people that have been, who don't listen to the pod, but have an interest okay. in BPT because of Lewis. And it would yeah. be really interesting if it, be good any know. of this helps that. That'd be good. Don't forget to give us a review on Apple Podcasts and please do spread the word to those who you think might like having us in their ears. Uh, like I said, in, we'll be back on Friday with part two in this series. Yeah. Um, so until then, um, look after yourself. Yeah. Okay, be bye. kind. Bye-bye.